Thank you for joining us tonight on this beautiful, rainy Southern California week. Our Wednesday night service we are uh, excited about. Um, vision God has given us for Wednesday nights. We're going to be, uh, as I said, um, looking again with our online audience. The next church down the list, beginning with Ephesus, Smyrna, then Pergamos um, next week. And then um, we're going to have a, the following week, we're going to have a, a basically a time we're going to have a heart-to-heart, like talk about the vision uh, that, that God has been laying on our heart for the church and with revival in the air and spiritual awakenings happening in a lot of people's hearts, um, we felt that it would be important. Uh, most churches seem to be um, all about Sunday morning, and we are too. I mean, there's no doubt that that's the lion's share of the people, and um, we love what God is doing there, and not to say that size makes us more excited and turnout and all of that, but, you know, th- there was a day when um, we, even in our history, we just couldn't get enough of being together, man, and, and throughout the week. And um, we know that the last few years, just what's been going on in the world has changed a lot of that. So we feel that the Lord has put um, something on our heart to, to just bring revival and a refreshing to these midweek uh, groups. And so we're going to be um, talking about that. And um, if you're making note of that, that date will be on Wednesday night, March 29th. And so uh, be tuned in for that. And then following that, we step right into our Passion Week. And you heard the announcement on that. I don't want to get into all that. It'll take up all of our time. But it is, a, it is an action-packed week. And then some. So we're excited about that. And if you have any questions about uh, any of our teachings or activities uh, or events here at the church, you can uh, definitely go to our, our app or our um, website or call the church office. And uh, they'd love to help you understand all of that. Well, tonight I'm joined with uh, Ed Lopez on my left and uh, Jason Stead on my right. You guys want to go ahead and greet everybody and give them a a hello. Go ahead. Hi, everyone, and uh, welcome to our midweek study. And I'm just looking forward to uh, what the Lord will have for us today and uh, just the different churches, just the different ages, just... It's just amazing how they speak to, how they're so relevant yeah. to what's going on in the world today. And, and, uh, and it's, it's such exciting. an exciting time, right? It is. Um, with what we've been learning on Sunday mornings has been stirring people's hearts. And it just seems like we're right where God wants us in the, in the <laughs> scriptures. Yes. And so it's yeah. like <laughs> exciting. It is. It, is. <laughs> it really is. It's a, it's a great place to be. I think, you know, you read through the book of Revelation and oftentimes application, I usually start with questions. How does this apply? Well, you know, And um, I, I think today people are connecting dots a lot more than maybe in years prior. Um, hunger will do that. Yeah. Um, desperation will do that. Um, uncertainty, doubt, uh, those aren't always bad things. Those are good things that drive us to the Lord. Yeah. They become good things if it drives Absolutely. us to uh, the Lord, and I think that when we open up God's Word, He is just ready and 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 willing and rich with insight uh, to to help us have hope and um, and meaning and perspective as we're going through this very troubled uh, world. Um, it's a great time to be a Christian. 
It's always a good time to be a Christian, but Absolutely. it's a great time now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to Absolutely. be a follower of Christ. So um, the city of Smyrna, just a little bit of backdrop on that. All of these cities have a lot in common. They um, were prominent cities in the uh, Roman Empire. They would be uh, located what we, we would see today as modern-day Turkey. Um, uh, most of the churches only have ruins. Uh, Smyrna is unique uh, in that today there is a, a couple of churches over there. They believe that there is a, actually a significant um, part of their population, probably 10% or something, that would make up um, the population that, that inhabits that same geographical location. They, they're Christians. Um, and it is interesting, too, that, that Jesus didn't have any negative things to say to this particular bunch. Um, no real call to repent, um, no real call to, to get it together. Uh, and, and that might be because they were in, uh, at, well, as we will see here, it's clear what he has to say. The commendations that he uh, commends, the things he commends him for are praiseworthy. Um, but then again, they were going through a, a really rough time um, in the Roman Empire. Uh, the persecution against the church was, uh, was growing, was mounting. And part of what their challenge was, as we look at um, both um, some secular writers re relating to that time period, and even what we pick up with what Jesus has to say here, um, the idea is that um, a lot of the converted Jews they believe there was a higher population of, of uh, Jews living in Smyrna um, in 95 AD when John is uh, uh, pinning these words down. Um, and they believe that, that the Jews themselves, uh, who were not converted, really uh, had a hard time with the Jews who were being converted. And a lot of the, a lot of the persecution from Rome came at the hand of Jews who did not accept Christ as their Messiah, um, selling out the Christians, Jews that did. And um, there's even some historians that write about um, the synagogues, the few that were in that region. A, a lot of them were starting to fill up with converted Jews. And, um, and so the, the ones who weren't converted were getting you know, upset. They were beginning to go to Rome. And, um, you know, the persecution really uh, was a result of people not, not worshiping Caesar and the various Greek gods that they stood up as well. But from Rome in particular, there was, and I got some pictures I'm going to bring and show on Sunday, but there were temples that were actually erected to Caesar. It was at that point where he claimed deity, and, um, and so people wouldn't bow. And so these converted... Uh, Jews wouldn't bow. Actually, Jews as a whole had a hall pass on not uh, having to practice worshiping Caesar. But um, these particular uh, Jews who were converted had the finger pointed at them and said, they're no longer part of the umbrella, the covering that you give us as Jews. And they were singled out. And that's why they believed they were um, as persecuted as um, they were. So um, that being said, Jay, you want to read through um, verses 8 through 11, and we'll just yeah. pick up on what um, words Jesus the, has to, to say. To the church in Smyrna, and to the angel of the church in Smyrna, right? The words of the first and last, 
who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich, and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but a synagogue, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear that you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. But be faithful unto death, and, it, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Awesome. Well, let's walk through this. Um, there's a lot of stuff that jumps out at you, but let's walk through this. I, I felt it was important to start each of these letters to the church with why is it that Jesus identified himself to each of these churches the way that he did? And um, I thought it was important to understand this is a very unique description that um, he gives of himself. It's actually part of that description that John sees in the vision of the risen Savior, the glorified Savior at the throne in verses 12 and 13, uh, or I mean verses 17 through 18 in chapter 1. There he's like the first and the last, he who lives and is dead, behold, I am, I am alive forevermore. Um, did you guys, did anything stand out to you about that? Well, yeah, first of all, you know, I just, it's amazing to me, you know, how quickly those that stand for faith are, are separated and, and just persecuted, right? But the first thing that, that, that stood out to me is, is the fact that uh, when somebody's uh, about to go through persecution, okay, or, or any trial, and I guess a lot of this comes from my activity with Grief Share, is the first thing uh, that, that kind of takes place is he's bringing to reality what they're going through. He has to explain, you know, this is what you're going through, and this is why you're going through it. Now, that's, that's the reality of it. But now, how are you going to take such a physical thing, such a physical pain, and how are you going to translate it into the, into the spiritual world, into the spiritual realm? And so he, he begins to identify who it is they're suffering for, you know? And I know that when we do uh, the grief share, one of the first processes is to... Uh, Explain to our online audience what grief share is. Okay, you might not. grief share is a... Ed and his wife oversee this ministry. <laughs> that, that's they're what like, this always guy's really into sharing grief or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my wife and I have been running a grief share ministry. It's a grief, share, it's a grief support group for uh, people who have lost loved ones. And we take them through 13 weeks and we just cover every aspect of, of grief that you can think of. But we, we always, you know, after doing this for so long, you come, you come to realize the first thing you have to do is kind of help them identify what they're going through. And then you have to, again, identify the God that's able to take them through it. Mm. And, and because, like we shared, you know, not only did you lose, not only are you grieving the loss of your loved one, you're grieving the loss of who you perceive God to be. Mm. And so that is a very confusing time. So uh, I can see, you know, he's, he's the first and the last. They're, you know, he, we can get to identify, you know, who they are to identify, who they're supposed to identify with in the midst of their suffering. Mm. And that helps them bring that suffering into the spiritual realm and into perspective and helps them look beyond. You know, you look, you look through your grief or through your persecution to what you know lies ahead. 
In other words, if he's the first and the last, your suffering is somewhere in between there. Mm -hmm. So it's not the end, you know, so. It's not uncommon as a Jay, we, we look back over years of, of ministry to see Christians rock to the core of their being with uh, really difficult news. It's, it's faith shattering. It's not just life shattering, it's faith shattering. And um, we, we oftentimes will see people, why did God, how could God? Those, those questions that come up. And as I looked at this, I thought, you know, we don't have the details. We look at church history and we find the details of the kind of persecution these people were enduring. And it's the second wave of Caesar Nero's persecution. It was, it was, they were getting crucified. They were getting um, fed the lions. I mean, it was really brutal. And so I tried to lay out at the church what that would be like. We gathered and every week we were hearing about another family being incarcerated or someone being put to death. And, um, and, and I, I would imagine many of them, I mean, would be questioning the character of God. Mm -hmm. um, does he know? Does he see? Is he, is he, is he with me now? Because it sure doesn't look like he's with me now in the midst of the most difficult thing I'm going through. Speak to that a little bit. Well, I mean, I was thinking about um, just something I've learned from Ed, um, and that is grief is a gift. And that difficulty, I think you said on Sunday morning, that difficulty should uh, draw us nearer to God um, and nearer to one another. Mm -hmm. And that, that should be um, a moment that, you know, the foundation that's already been laid through the word, um, that, that, that causes us to rise to the occasion rather than fall apart. Um, one of the things that you said at the beginning of the year was 2023 was keeping our eyes on Christ. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about that as we're just talking is that when you said on Sunday that that as we keep our eyes on Christ, we recognize that God is good, that he does all things for good, and that we recognize that he's got a personal plan for us through that grief. And um, it takes a lot of discipline and um, determination to see that, <laughs> and a lot of desire. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just we know people even in our lives right now that are going through difficulty. but just like you shared with Polycarp on Sunday, they're keeping their eyes on Jesus. Like that's, that's the end goal, is to be brought forth um, into this sweetness that, that draws out Christ in our lives rather than um, walking away or, or falling apart. I know that um, in the times I've been discouraged or just overwhelmed, um, I love words of encouragement, but I love it when someone reminds me about the character of God. Just something they, you know, Lance, he knows. You know, Lance, he's able. You know, hey, Lance, he's with you. Um, and they, they bring a, a, a scripture to light uh, that, that helps me, you know, find stability and comfort and strength. And, um, you know, these are, these are Jews that would have known their word and, and, He's using words to describe himself. And these words, they're, they're more than words, they're a title. And they're a familiar title that they would have heard. Jesus is saying, I'm God. And I gave a couple of scriptures out of the Old Testament, of course, Isaiah 41, 4, where um, God is speaking, who has performed and done it, calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first and the last. I am, I am he. And so 
um, sometimes we just need to be reminded of who God is. And it just, it's, it's as simple as that sounds, it can be so simple, but yet so profound that we minimize it. And we, we, we're looking at the problem, we're talking to people about the problem, we're talking to more people about the problem, and the more we talk about the problem, the bigger the problem gets. And we're, we're not going to people that are talking up God and helping us see His majesty and His power and His ability and His love. And, and I just think that in the, in, the, in the onset of this, the very beginning of this, He's like, just remember who I am. And I gave the, the simple, I just read through it, and what does it mean when He says He's the first? He's before your problems. <laughs> he's, he's before the city. He's before the founding of the country. He's before the creation of the earth. He's eternal God. And the last is like, he's going to be here after your problem. He's going to be here after there's no more Smyrna. He's going to be here after there's no more earth. And it's just to bring it into perspective. He is saying, I'm the eternal God. Um, and then when he talks about who is dead and now has come to life, he's, he's, he's reminding them of his being their savior. He's reminding them of, I took on flesh. I went to the cross. And, and maybe there's that, I know, I, I can relate that begins there. You guys are going through it. <coughs> Remember who I am. I've died. But then the hope, I'm alive. And that's the one that, um, as, I, as I, I tried to dramatize it a little bit, what would that be like to be that church going through all of that and then have the pastor walk out and go, we have a letter from Jesus himself, you know? And, and he's, look how he identifies himself. And I was trying to over-dramatize that to, to kind of pull us in, we who might be going through our own um, challenges. Um, hoping that, that, I that Sunday, introduction. You might have mentioned um, Job, and I was just thinking about that scripture towards the end as Job went through the trials and he stayed faithful. It was already who he was. What was in his heart was already coming out through those times with his friends, but he said something along the lines of, I had heard about you, but now I see you. And uh, right. I think when we, when we walk through trials um, and we get to the end of that, there's a sweetness in that time that's like, we saw Jesus. And um, that's something that these people, it seemed like they held on to it with that idea of, you know, there's a hope in a future of seeing him. I imagine they were so close to his presence physically on earth <laughs> that the news and the stories were so like relevant. And there was like this anticipation that we fear God and we've got to, you know, we want to get there. We want to see him. And um, I was also reminded that in between all that, um, as these people are going through tribulation, Jesus himself went through the same tribulation. Sure. That, um, that he's not a high priest that um, can't identify with our weakness, but was always suffering like us. And we can go mm -hmm. to the throne of mercy and um, seek help for a time of need. As you were saying, you know, they knew their scriptures. Okay? They knew these things. And I think it was David Tripp that said, you know, what you learn on Sunday when you go on a trial on Monday is not necessarily what you believe. Mm -hmm. So 
you, it, when you go through a trial, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a thermometer of, of your spirituality. Mm. And you discover, uh, okay, this is what I know in the Word. Okay, but this is now revealing who I am. Like you said, you know, he didn't, he didn't correct them. He didn't bring them to repentance. Yeah. The, trial, the trial itself was enough to bring those uh, things to the surface. And as they, as they come to the surface, they're able then to hear those words of encouragement and say, oh yeah, I remember that. And now I know that that's true. Okay? And now I know that that will get me through the trial I'm going through. Because okay? now it's real. Now it's real. So it's okay to learn you know, where, where you're lacking in your acceptance of what you knew and then come to accept it in the midst of a trial. So, you know, I think as, as Jesus is talking to these people, he, he doesn't have to do anything else. The trial is sufficient to just reveal to them who they are and allow that to uh, come out. Yeah, of, yeah, a lot of it is just the realigning of the relationship, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, maybe to them, uh, you know, you, you it's it just, Oh yeah, he's the he's the one who took on flesh mm. and came to us. Mm-hmm. He like really, really meant he loved us. Yeah. Yeah. He like really, really meant if he has victory over death, <laughs> he, what's my trial? What's what's mm-hmm. what's the you know and and the love, the compassion, the caring, the the the, the extent of what he would do to help us comes to bear in that opening statement as well. Um, and then the, I, I felt it was important to bring up just the I know when he's like, I know your works, I know your tribulation, poverty, and, and your blasphemy. But just that word, I know, could they pause there and, 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 and did the pastor go, he can relate. Mm-hmm. That's what you were, you were talking about, one of you guys were talking about. He can, I, 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 I not only see what you're going through, but yeah, I can relate. And our questions we have handed out to, uh, the, the group here, maybe for you online, be thinking through what would it be that, that comes to your mind where Jesus says to someone persecuted, I can relate. Um, obviously, the cross. Um, he would, these people, I try to bring out a few things, they would have been ostracized, they would have been rejected, they would have been verbally abused, um, they were physically abused. They were treated unjustly, unfairly. They would have been labeled. Um, I ran with the word blasphemy. I did a lot of research. I'm like, why did, why is that out of sequence here? Um, a little bit out of sequence. And I, I really felt it was like, that's unique. That, it, that's hard to shake when um, someone slanders you, and especially if it's your own people. And that's what they were going through. That the Jews were being slandered by the Jews to Rome. The believing Jews were being slandered by the Jews that didn't accept the Messiah um, to Rome. And that's just hard to, to let go of, man. You can't fall back on your own people. There's only God to fall back on. And so Jesus can say, I know. <laughs> Same thing happened to him. Some of the, probably their closest friends and family members were possibly even people that um, exposed them or persecuted them or spoke ill against them. Or, I mean, you mentioned um, about their poverty and 
for them to follow Christ and then continue that line, it cost them something. Like they knew stepping into this, I'm gonna lose some things and it's gonna cost me some relationships or maybe some job opportunities or financial opportunities, but this is something greater than those things, that I'm forsaking those things to get, uh, get Christ. And um, that's powerful for me to see that picture. Yeah, I, I think the church today needs to really, and if you're listening online to this portion, I think it's important to ask ourselves, what is my, what is my faith costing me? What is, what is following Jesus costing me? And what I felt was important was to, I mean, these are, these are things that are, he's, he's commending, them. I know your work. So the idea would be, I know that in the face of all of your persecution, you are continuing to follow me. And I said, do my work or advance my father's mission for your life. That's what Jesus had to do in the face of persecution. And so he knows that, he commends him for that. He, he's like, I know that, I see that. And I, I thought that there would, there would be some people today that needed to hear that as well, because they've pushed through something. Yeah. And I even went as far as to say, you know, the Lord would, would say that to those in the body of Christ who pushed through the last three years, whatever, <laughs> The, the government was trying to demand the church to be, to fall in line um, uh, when all of a sudden we're not relevant in their eyes and they're trying to close the doors, all, all of that. I'm not trying to get into the political part of that, but I do believe there were some people who just, they used their head, they used wisdom, but they kept being the church mm -hmm. in a time where the church was being opposed. Yeah. And I believe in some areas uh, you might label it as, as persecution, not like the persecution we see um, in, in some places today where people are losing their lives. But be that as it may, I believe that there would be some, some people the Lord be, I see you pushing through a very grievous, sorrowful season. I see you pushing through a, a very uh, difficult season of persecution um, and he commends us for that that we don't we don't cave in we don't back down we don't quit he commends us for that and and then he and he also is like look it's almost like I see what it's cost you mm. and I just think that's that's comforting to know that the Lord sees not only what we're doing but what costs are being incurred on our end, what losses, relationships, whatever it might be even. For them, it would have been families and close friends and, and um, it would have been tough to find work um, all the way down to losing relatives that would be incarcerated or be put to death. And he's like, I know, but you're, you're rich. And, and obviously he's talking about the gain that we um, have in Christ by continuing to follow him. The, whatever that cost is, it, it doesn't measure up to the, the gain, the spiritual gains, the, the um, eternal gains. And, and even here, we have a lot of people here whose families have, and friends have written them off because of their faith. Um, 
and, and many have even lost their jobs over their faith uh, these days and relationships. But what they've gained in their relationship with the Lord and their relationship with the body of Christ far outweighs, Absolutely. outweighs that. I think something you said at the very beginning um, of the study, uh, as you were talking about going through that season, um, you said something about having ears to hear and a heart to understand. And he, and we needed to be attentive, aware and awake to the Spirit of God working mm, through the mm, Word of God. Mm, mm, mm. And um, I just get that sense with these people, like their hearts were attentive. And like there were no distractions. Uh, God was removing and cutting away things from their lives that might have been uh, in the way of this mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. relationship with him. And they willingly um, let those things go. Um, e e not that it was easy, no. um, but that was their desire. Yeah. And um, it started with their heart being open and their ears being open. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. Like God's like stirring in these last couple weeks with the churches. He's like, okay, are you attentive? Are you listening? Because yeah, I'm, I agree. I'm working and I don't want you to miss this. And he keeps warning with, warning with the blessing coming. It just reminds me of the, of, of, the, of the great divide between, you know, the world system and the kingdom, you know, and, and how real is the, how real is the kingdom to you? And when you, uh, I think if you just put that first foot forward, God meets you there. And, and he continues that advancement, you know. Uh, part of that pushing through is, is taking that first step, coming to the realization, you know what? It's a time to choose. Mm. The kingdom of God is real. And I'm going to insert myself in there. Mm. And then as you move forward, he just, he's with you during that push. And when you get the sense of, of walking somewhere with the, with the Lord, walking something with the Holy Spirit, the momentum just, just increases. The momentum keeps you going, you know. And it's almost like there's no price uh, too big to pay when the Lord's going through this with you, right? So uh, I think we always have to make that first step, and God meets us there, and then takes us through the rest, you know. Yeah, that's a good word. That's good, yeah. Yeah, I, I think trials, storms, seasons that uh, just fall into those categories, <laughs> they have a way of, God has a way of using that to re set our relationship with Him right, but then to reprioritize our life. Yeah. It's amazing what becomes important to people when they're in, in, in the hospital on their back. It's amazing where you look at everything prior to that event that was important is they could care less about. It. Now it's the Lord, if they're a believer especially, and sometimes when they're not a believer, they're, they start thinking of spiritual things and, uh, and start thinking about the Lord. They're very open. Um, and then they think about their family and, and there's this, this reprioritizing in their heart. They didn't take a class. No one set them down and went, now listen, Here's the things that you prioritize. Let's move those to the bottom of the list. Here's the things you were neglecting. Let's move them to the top of the list. But in their heart, God used that season, that trial, to do that very thing. That's valuable. Mm -hmm. That is so valuable. Mm -hmm. um, 
And, and as, as believers, I, I noted in uh, one of the studies this morning that the world's made up of, of different cultures, different languages, and a lot of that stuff, we're, we're separated by those differences. But the one thing we have in common, humans suffer the same. Pain's the same. Persecution, we feel it the same. But it's unique to believers in the sense of how we view it yeah. and how we we go through it with the Lord. We're not alone. And we view it as we don't like it. It's not like, yippee, God, bring on the trials. But we we know that He's using all things for our good because we love Him. And then we begin to see the good in that. Sometimes not right away, but over time, that trial does produce as we read through James or even Peter, uh, it, it, it refines and it produces, um, uh, whether it's perseverance, builds our faith. I talked about greater dependence on the Lord. These are just treasured things of, of infinite value in our lives. Um, and so he knew what they were going through. He didn't say, okay, it's over. Um, he's like, look, it's going to get worse. Mm. And that's where um, verse 10, Ed, you want to read that again? Verse, verse 10. 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw, to so, throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Yeah, so I, I noted four things. I felt it was important that he, um, he brought out. I wrote some detailed notes on it, bring with me. But um, he, uh, number one was he, he deals with their emotions, do not fear. Number two, he lays out the facts. He warned them that more suffering was about to come and the facts of that. And then thirdly, he identifies the source behind the suffering, it's the devil's about to do it. And then number four, it's the hope. Be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Why don't you guys speak to that and I'll pull up the notes right now that I, uh, we have them all reading. Yeah, I mean, oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I, you know, here, here I see him encouraging them and giving them hope in the midst of what they're about to go through. And we have a definition that we often use and the definition is, uh, joy is not is not defined by the absence of pain, but by the presence of hope. And so you can see that pain and joy can 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 coexist. And so he's telling me, you know, you're about to go through pain, but in the midst of your pain, you're going to have hope. So I bet they did experience times of joy, even in their even in their tribulation, even in their persecution. You know, you've heard you've read about martyrs, and they have. You know, it talks about these some kind of joyful experience. And uh, I, I think that's, that's what it is. It's, it's that God gives them hope. And as soon as you come into, to, as soon as you connect with hope, there's an element of joy, even though you're going through pain, you know? So uh, I think that's why he's telling them that, you know? Yeah, you're gonna have all this happen to you, you know? But uh, be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life, you know? There's hope. There's hope in the midst of what you're going to go through. Yeah, I had someone come up today that was, they're going through 
a, a more recent health challenge um, with the, the husband and, and uh, the wife says, you know, um, I've never had so much peace. Mm. I've had, never had so much hope. I don't understand it. You'd think that would be the thing I'm striving for, but I, I, and, and both of them were just like welling up with mm. that's what they, um, what they have. But um, in the, the notes I turned out, I just really thought through this. Why is it important to deal with our emotions when we suffer? Okay, why is it important to deal with our emotions? Um, and I thought about this, that our emotions typically fuel fear. That's why he's like, don't fear, not faith. So it's important that we tether our emotions to God and his word. That's where our faith grows, right? If we, if we, our emotions can get the best of us, they can overrun us, they can overwhelm us, they could really, if we follow our emotions, we could make all kinds of weird decisions and develop all kinds of errant thinking. Um, why is it important to understand and accept God's facts related to suffering? He lays out the facts. Hey, some of you are going to get imprisoned. Testings. You get the, 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 the tribulation, it's going to be a time limit on it. It's temporary. But why is it important to understand and accept God's facts related to suffering? Well, if we didn't have his word that helped us understand his purpose in that, we would be left with everyone else going, I don't understand. But in his word, as we look at, at his promises and his description of why he allows it and to expect it, we then, um, it, that brings stability and, and hope. Um, if, if, if Jesus didn't say, hey, don't think it's strange, <laughs> you know, when trials come, like expect it, it's part of it. When he says, you know, to us followers, we're going to be persecuted for righteousness sake. Don't think that's strange when it happens. It's, it's going to happen. They hated me. They're going to hate my followers. They're going to hate, hate you. So there's a perspective that, that it's like, ah, I guess maybe I am a child of God. I am facing what he says. I am experiencing what he says I would experience as a follower of his. And then we, we again, in, in, in Peter's epistles and in, in, in the book of James, we have great encouragement that he's going to use these trials to refine our faith and um, to, to really produce more Christ-like character in us. So that brings um, stability and hope as we think about why does he give us facts relating to um, things that we don't like necessarily in our life. There's a purpose um, you know, in that. Then, then the, the, the fourth or third, why is it important to understand Satan's role when we suffer or we are persecuted? Why? Because we need to see him for who he is too. He's a limited foe with limited power. He has limited time and he's no match for Jesus. So understand who's behind it and understand who's with you in it. And it brings, that brings hope. And then what does the crown of life represent? Eternal life. He's like, you guys keep pushing on. Here's the hope. It's the promise to those who 
who, who press on. Don't walk away. Um, eternal life with him. Wonderful. I mean, Paul had a, he went through that struggle, right? You know, I don't know whether to stay here with you or to go home with the Lord. You know, yeah. heaven was so real, he was looking forward to that, you know. But to speak to me what you said about emotions, you know, I think God wants us, God wants us to take into account our emotions because he, you know. They're not bad. No, they're not bad, but they're not truth. And this is what he wants us to understand, you know. He wants to meet us where we're at, not where we pretend to be or where we hope we were. Mm. So he wants us to, you know, David in the Psalms, he pours out his heart to God. And by the end of the psalm, he's worshiping God. What happened there? He spoke what he felt. Mm -hmm. And then God met him there in his honesty. And then God took him into a time of worship. So God meets him and brings him out. And he says, you know, what you're feeling is real, but it's not truth. Let me show you truth. And that brought him into uh, uh, just this whole uh, wanting to worship, a heart of worship. So yeah, God wants us to face uh, the situation so that we can then apply truth to it and put it in its perspective and say, okay, this is what Satan does. He gives, he gives you this perspective that only deals with your flesh, but I deal with eternity. I deal with, with your spirit. I, de I deal with that, that that is really real, you know, and that will continually go on, you know. So. We've, we've commented many times here on how we're living in a, in a time where it's almost vogue to say, this is what I feel. Yeah. We're even talking about this next generation coming up. It's all based on feelings, right? Where, where does that lead? Where's that lead, Jay? Where, where does that go? I think for, for, for me, like when, when I was thinking about what you were talking about in regards to emotions, it causes me to become forgetful. Mm. Forget there's a history with God and I get confused, uh, there's lack of clarity. I'm not thinking straight. <laughs> I'm not thinking biblically. Um, I'm so concerned about some hypothetical outcome that's going to possibly happen. And um, I think it's a challenge because it's not walking in truth. That's when, when I just read these first three words, I love that he starts with do not fear because you see those three words so many times throughout the scriptures from Exodus, mm -hmm. to, I mean, from Genesis, through yeah. the life of Jesus. Yeah. And um, he's, he's reminded them, oftentimes that, that three word, word phrase is, is ended with, because I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be with you. I'm never gonna leave you nor forsake you. And, um, I think when we have that clarity and courage that those three words build into us, um, we, can, we can walk through the emotions, like Ed said, the, the emotions, they're there, they're real, but we can walk through them more, more with clarity and truth versus um, distraction or we're freaking out or yeah. overly concerned or <laughs> we're, the, the sky is falling and whatnot. I was also thinking about this idea here. When he, I love that he, I was just thinking about this when, he, when we were reading it. Behold, the devil is about to throw you into prison. And I think they needed that encouragement too, that this isn't something that you've done, but this is something I'm doing. Mm. Um, I'm with you. The devil's gonna do this. It might be through your friends, family, uh, the government, 
but I'm using it. I'm doing something to bring you forth as, as gold. Um, and so I think when I go through a difficulty, um, at least I want to know I haven't brought it on to myself. <laughs> it may be something that, you know, God's, God's working through. I think, I think our emotions lead us to conclusions that aren't certain. Because I feel one way today, then I feel a different way tomorrow. Right. It's just, there's just, there's just a, it, it leads us to a place of uncertainty. Um, and then we play on that and we act on that. And it's amazing if someone comes and like feeds that. Mm. Now I'm even more uncertain. Um, but I think as we wind this down, we're thinking about if that, that's you, you know, your person going through something right now. And, and your emotions have got the best of you. Fear is gripping you. Um, and, and you just haven't really ran to the Lord and, and like found um, strength and comfort and stability from Him and in His Word. Um, I, I would just encourage you to really think through that and pray through that. And if you're not a Christian, in a minute we'll give you an opportunity to accept the Lord. But if you are a Christian and you're just held back by fear, you're held back, um, that is not of the Lord. Um, he's, he's, he doesn't author that. He doesn't produce that. Um, his love will deal with all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Um, but understand he is um, his truth and understand his word is certain. If God said it, it has happened. And if he said something that is yet to happen, it will happen. <laughs> and so all of his promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. The idea is that everything he says is certain and it's trustworthy, it's, it's reliable. And as Ed has been referring to some of the Psalms, uh, the words of David, that's a great place to start. Um, just go through the Psalms, start reading a couple of them a day and, and see if that doesn't just bring some, some certainty and stability to you in your, um, your season of, of despair if you happen to be in, um, in that um, right now. And then a lot of people are living in fear and they're like, hey, life is going pretty good right now, but when's that shoe going to drop? And the Lord doesn't want you to live in, um, in that kind of fear as well. And that can happen with... Um, taking on more responsibility um, for some of you that might be newly wed or have children now or stepped into your career. Um, you look at what's going on in this world right now with the banking and all that and you're like, oh, you know. <laughs> and the enemy would just love to just grip you and hold you back uh, with fear. We need a, an eternal perspective right now. We need to stay in God's word. Uh, I always say it's great to be informed uh, with what's going on in the world, so you know how to pray and, 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 and know what world you live in, but don't become engulfed uh, by it. Um, Jesus says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, make our requests be made known unto him. And the peace that passes understanding, his peace is gonna rule our, our hearts and our minds, our feelings and what we think through Christ Jesus. Um, and then a scripture I'd like to leave you with, and I'll let these guys close out. John 16, These things Jesus says, I've spoken to you, 
that in me you might have peace. In the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he puts it back on him. Trust me, bring me into your world. All right, closing remarks from you. Yeah, Ed? I would just say uh, anything you're going through, uh, speak to yourself from, from the identity of Christ. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to say, if you say, I'm in fear or I'm depressed, there's no hope in those statements. But if you say, I'm a child of God dealing with fear, I'm a child of God dealing with depression, now, who you are is greater than what you're experiencing. Amen. So, That's a good word. And then you can turn to the scriptures and say, because I'm a child of God, there are scriptures dealing with fear. There are scriptures dealing with depression. And who I am is what these scriptures say I am. So your identity comes before any of your experiences. Yeah. Good passage for that if you're dealing with identity crisis as a Christian. Ephesians chapters 1 through 3. Marinate on that. Jay? Why don't you close it out and, and uh, even extend an opportunity for people to accept the Lord. I'll let you close it out. Awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say goodbye. I'll move on. I'm going to walk around the room. Uh, but if you have any questions at all regarding uh, what we've talked about tonight, any biblical questions, uh, questions about the church, you need any, any prayer, uh, go to our website. You can contact through that, our app, uh, or call us at our church office 714-446-6222 um, and if you're watching on any of our social media platforms please comment let us know what you think uh, only the nice ones stay uh, on there but um, we love you guys Sunday morning again we'll be right back here 8 30 and 10 30 going through uh, Revelation chapter 2 reading on into the next church the church in Pergamos so Jay's going to close you out and give you guys an opportunity to accept the Lord if you've never done that as well um, God bless you we love you See you soon. Well, great. We've had a great conversation. And um, yeah, just like uh, this church going through difficulty, um, we're in a season uh, in the culture, in our country, um, in the world, in the globe, uh, where there's a lot of anxiety and fear. But we know that the answer to that is the person of Jesus. Uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And through him, we receive grace and mercy. Um, if you're a person that hasn't accepted Christ, the Bible says that um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that through him and the giving of his life as we believe in that, uh, that we'll be saved, that we can have eternal life, and that we're saved not by any works, but that we're saved by grace through faith. Um, and it's not a, of ourselves, but it's a free gift of God, and that he's prepared works for us to walk in those. And so I just encourage you to consider uh, the truth of, of the Word of God, that you're loved, uh, that God has given um, the antidote uh, for sin and the sickness of sin, uh, for the sickness of fear and anxiety and depression, uh, maybe discouragement, anger, whatever it may be, uh, you're dealing with addiction, uh, that God through the Holy Spirit can bring you freedom and take you out of uh, darkness and into light. And so I'm just going to give you the opportunity if you have listened to this this evening or God's been doing something in your life personally and you want to um, receive Christ as your Savior, um, I'm just going to encourage you uh, to pray uh, with me. And you can repeat after me. Um, you can just allow your heart to express to God 
whatever it is you're feeling and that you have a desire to, to know him, uh, to walk with him and um, to be saved by him. And so let's pray. Lord, um, I thank you for these people that have been watching. Uh, thank you, Lord, that um, your word is going out and people are being encouraged and people are being strengthened even in these moments. Pray that the words that we've shared tonight would uh, fall upon hearts that are fertile and that you would just uh, bear fruit from these words uh, and also from your word uh, this evening. And Lord, there may be someone out there that um, has yet to accept you. And so if that's you, um, I'm just gonna encourage you to, to cry out to God, uh, to let him know um, just as you're praying and conversing with him uh, and that you desire a relationship with him, that you recognize your need uh, for forgiveness, that you recognize your need uh, for love and grace and mercy. And so just ask him uh, to, to wash you, uh, to cleanse you, and that you would um, come into new life. The Bible says that if we are in Christ, we're a new creation and old things are passing away and all things are becoming new. And so if that's your desire for God's love to be poured into your heart uh, through the Holy Spirit um, and you've confessed that to him, as it says in the Bible, if we confess with our heart and speak with our mouth, we'll be saved, then you're now uh, a child of God. And um, we're just gonna say thank you, Jesus, for those that even this evening, uh, wherever they're at on the planet, um, that you've saved them, uh, that you've brought them into your family, and um, we're thankful for uh, the gift of life um, in our lives and in those that have just uh, prayed that prayer. So um, we're thankful for your presence here tonight. Um, encourage you to reach out to us. If you did um, receive Christ, uh, you can call us at 714-446-6222 or go to the church website and let us know um, that you have prayed that prayer or you desire more information about the Bible or you desire more information about following Jesus. And so we love you and 